After a fantastic 11-2 season capped off by a Peach Bowl victory, Mel Tucker and the Spartans were catapulted onto the national landscape. Josh Pate, in his Late Kick Live segments, which are awesome, he himself said that Michigan State football can absolutely win a national title under Mel Tucker, which Michigan State football promptly put in one of their preseason hype videos. Many on ESPN and other websites tabbed Michigan State also as a program that could win a national title or a playoff game or become a dominant football power under Mel Tucker. They didn't, of course, mean that for 2022, but they met in the in the not-so-distant future, like within the next decade, that Mel Tucker could achieve this at Michigan State. And many of them had Michigan State tabbed as a top 10, top 15 team. I myself had Michigan State in my top 20 and borderline on my top 15. I was more balanced on them than most. A lot of fan bases or just people with strong opinions either had Michigan well inside their top 10 or claimed that 2022 was a fluke. There were very few people in the middle ground when it came to Michigan State, and I find that to be the case with a lot of teams that are coming off of a successful year or two and have a lot of attention. There are the people who love the attention, and there are people that hate the attention, and the people that love the attention love the team, give it all kinds of praise, and the people who hate the attention just hate on the team. Well, Michigan State was certainly loved by national analysts after 2021. They were loved by everyone. Heck, I myself, look, I thought that we would be entering 2023 when it came to talking about Michigan State football with a different perspective than the one I will be talking about today. But that didn't happen because 2022 wasn't the rebuilding yet encouraging year that we all thought it would be and that I told you incorrectly that it would be i said that michigan state in 2022 would probably go eight and four nine and three they win or lose their bowl game it's hard to tell what the non-new year six bowl matchups are going to be and the non-playoff matchups are going to be it's hard to tell postseason matchups bowl game new year six bowl um playoff national title period in the preseason, but I said Michigan State would get 8, 9, maybe 10 wins. I said it was pretty much a guarantee that they would regress compared to 2021, and the most they could do was simply meet what they did in 2021, which with their schedule in 2022 and with losing Kenneth Walker would have been amazing. But they didn't do it. They went 5-7. and seven. They got blown out by Michael Penix, Tanner Morgan, C.J. Stroud, J.J. McCarthy, Sean Clifford. They blew winnable games to Talia Tagovailoa and Dexter Williams, the latter of which was one of the most painful games to watch as a college football fan and one of the most beautiful experiences to watch as a Michigan fan. But I digress, and to the point of me being a Michigan fan, I'm honest with you about your program, I'm honest with myself about my program, with how we are recruiting, I think that the window of Michigan turning themselves into a national championship winning team 
is getting close to the do-or-die time with how Michigan has been regressing in the recruiting world. But this is a Michigan State episode, and this is discussing my thoughts on Tucker, and of course Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, but especially the Wolverines will be discussed because these are the teams that Michigan State is trying to compete with. You know, when D'Antonio was let go, resigned, pressured into resigning, and Mel Tucker was brought aboard, Michigan State, they 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 took a chance late in the coaching carousel, the 2019 to 2020 coaching carousel. They got Tucker. They supported him with a new staff. They paid him handsomely. Part of that was because the fact that they hired him so late in the preseason. But another part of that was they wanted him locked down. And then after a fantastic season in 2021, before it was even over, they locked him down. So in their mind, in Michigan State's mind, and I would say in the athletic department's mind, because Jay Johnson isn't gone, Scotty Hazelton isn't gone, there were no staff changes forced. And the billionaires and Matt Ishbia and Alan Haller, Michigan State's athletic director, they're bigger on winning than the previous regime was. I think, whether it's misguided trust or not, that the university and those who support the university still view him in very high regard. They're not going to put up with what was seen last year, this past season. They're not going to put up with it long. But I think they're giving him time. They're giving him some patience. And there is an argument for that because D'Antonio left the cupboard relatively bare. So that's their side of it. I know that some Michigan State fans, many of them are anxious or disappointed. Some are holding out hope. Basically, the entirety of the Big Ten, mostly Michigan and Ohio State, are excited that Michigan State, for now, seems to be further from the level those two teams are that those two teams are at than anticipated. But the national opinion outside of those who are going to be biased toward MSU and those who will be biased against MSU, the national neutral opinion really shifted. It went from one extreme, the extreme of viewing Tucker as a top 10 head coach, to now I guarantee you Michigan State will never be talked about outside of Michigan State fans. And I'm not going to fall for that, because I think that's pretty ridiculous. And I think given what happened in 2021, that is ridiculous. And given... Michigan State's recruiting class, given the fact they have a top 25 transfer portal class, and they got another underrated running back, Nathan Carter from UConn in the portal, and they have they got a lot of supporting cast players, like, you know, three tight ends, a few defensive linemen, a secondary player, a corner, they even got a long snapper, Mason Arnold from Ohio State, uh, they got a highly rated four-star D lineman from Texas A&M. They got a kicker, Jonathan Kim from North Carolina, who has a powerful leg. Like, they're getting guys. I think Michigan State, with their smaller recruiting class, they only have 15 um, signed letters of intent. They only have 15 total commits. I think after spring ball rolls around and plenty and the portals reopened and plenty of other guys leave, Michigan State's going to be one of those programs who's going to be very heavily involved 
in that reopening of the portal, in that second part of the portal. There are other programs that won't that will barely be involved in that part because they already have their guys for the most part. But Michigan State, with the state of their roster and the fact that even from a recruiting standpoint, and even though this will be Tucker's fourth year, there are still upgrades you can use. The roster is still relatively barren compared to what Mel Tucker and his staff want. And the transfer portal, I think, is going to become more of a long-term thing than a lot of people thought. I think what LSU did, in t- what, what LSU just did this past season, and what Florida State did, and they're both being big in the portal, and what USC did, guys, part of me hates to say it, but I think you can sustainably build a good program, probably not a national title-winning program, but if you only wanted to use the portal, you could consistently build a good program that will win around double-digit games. You could do that using only the portal. Now, going 14-1, and 15-0, maybe 13-2 and two if a two-loss team gets in, or when the 12-team playoff expands, maybe a two-loss team wins the, the national title. You have to recruit high level at high school and have some consistency and, and all those other things to win a national title. That's a completely different ballgame. But Mel Tucker knows what he's doing in the portal. I said that last year, later in the preseason. I said it in the middle of the 2021 season when Kenneth Walker was there. Michigan State, you know, the portal can be hit and miss. But Mel Tucker's bringing in guys. I think that you will see this consistently throughout the Mel Tucker era at Michigan State. My thoughts on the program personally are that it was never the top 10 program people were propping it up to be after 2021. It was never the bottom 50 program that some people are mentioning it to be now. It's in the middle. And I think entering 2023, I think Mel Tucker is a middle-of-the-range Power 5 head coach. Middle-of-the-range Power 5 head coach, which means he's an above-average-to-good head coach, including, including the group of five. Because we do know, and the transfer portal and NIL era is further telling us this, that Power 5 and group of five football is a different kind of football. That's my opinion on Mel Tucker and the Michigan State program. I think, and we're going to talk about these facts more in detail in a second, but Michigan State does have potential. They do have potential to come out and repeat some of the same shock value that they had in 2021. They have the potential to be a top 25 team. I think part of the reason that they're not going to win a lot more games this season than they did in 2022 is once again they have an ins- they have one of the toughest schedules in the nation. They host Washington, they travel to Iowa, they host Michigan, they travel to Ohio State, they host Penn State. All of those teams are top 25 teams. You take Iowa out of the equation, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State are top all top 15 at minimum in my opinion. They could all be top 10, top 8 dare I say it, maybe all of them could be top six at most. That's an insanely tough schedule. Luckily, Michigan State opens up 
with two cupcake games against Central Michigan and Richmond so they can get themselves gelled, work out any injuries, and prepare themselves for what will be one of their biggest home games when they do host Washington in Week 3. But I have them just as a very early preview, and I'm not doing official predictions just yet because I want to do more research. I'd rather wait, do the research on every team, and have some fun as well, but do some research before I release official preseason predictions. I think Michigan State's a you know seven and five, eight and four team next season. And in the Big Ten with the schedule they have, that is a that's a team that would be placed in the received votes category. They'd be like a top thirty five, maybe top thirty team. MSU, I think, listen, their staff is not the greatest. Their head coach currently is not the greatest. But this is looking at a resume that's relatively young. Mel Tucker's only been a head coach in college football for four years. And in those four years, we've seen some of the biggest changes in the history of the sport with name, image, and likeness, with the transfer portal. The, the Big Ten, their scheduling, you know, is changing. Like, for real. USC, UCLA, as long as things, you know, stand in 2024, it's it, it's going to be another big change. MSU might be traveling to play in the in Death Valley in in the hell that is Southern California, like in in the fall. You think any Big Ten program is going to be used to that weather in the fall? Same thing with the Southern Cal schools being used to the 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 polar ice caps that will be the rest of the Big Ten in the month of November. Mel Tucker arrived at a program that was busted from D'Antonio the late years, from Dave Warner and, and Jim Bowman. Dave Warner, by the way, heard on the Valenti show with Rico that he's resigning from, I think, his offensive coordinator job at UTEP. Just straight up resigned. So we can live with some of our favorite Dave Warner memories. Anyway, he he overtook, like, he came in, and is having to rebuild a busted program. He only has currently four full seasons of head coaching experience at the collegiate level. Colorado, he was there for one year. Like Michigan State, that was a busted program. He's only taken over busted programs. He hasn't even been at one stop as a head coach for more than three seasons. MSU will be by far his longest and he will probably be here for longer than 2023 unless they further bottom out, which I think is very unlikely. He has a 23-21 and 21 record as Michigan State's head coach. And he's, look, 18-14 and 14 at Michigan State. He's 12-13 and 13 in conference. The 2020 year, there was no way he was going to win. Like, the fact that he won two games against two Ranked opponents, Michigan, which turned out to be a mirage. They were never really good. But he beat Northwestern, who finished as a top-10 team. That was impressive in itself. In 2020, he overachieved, which sounds weird because they finished last, but if, if, if you know the state that MSU was in in 2020, he overachieved. In 2021, he overachieved. In 2022, it was a consequence of success. The backlash that Michigan State is receiving 
after 2022 is honestly a consequence of success. Anyone who knew football and who wasn't buying into the hype and drinking the Kool-Aid knew that Michigan State in 2022 would take a step back. Now, the size of the step back, I did not even think 5-7 and seven was possible. I thought that maybe that would be the worst-case scenario. And it turned out that Michigan State's best-case scenario was was probably 7-5, maybe 8-5 with a bowl win. They were not winning more than eight games with the team they had, even if it was completely, completely healthy. But this season, this season, Michigan State, from the preseason, it's like what happened with Jim Harbaugh and some of his earlier teams at Michigan. I'd say especially the 2019 one. Preseason media is not always your friend. Not in the sense that they cause you to lose games, but they can bring you unwanted attention, acting like Michigan State's rebuilding job is done when, oh wait, Mel Tucker's only been there for two seasons. You still have D'Antonio players. It's his first staff. He hasn't even made any staff changes. He didn't enter in 2022. And he still hasn't, you know, really, he hasn't really fired anyone either. But... He's 6-6 six and six versus ranked opponents. And he beat top 10 Michigan in 2021, beat, beat top 10 Northwestern in 2020, won a road game against an Illinois team that looked like it was going to plow through the West this past season. He can win games. He can rally his team. The in-game coaching is questionable, but he has command of the locker room. He's not losing the locker room. His guys will fight for him. And even though his game management is questionable, he's 500 versus ranked opponents. The only team in the Big Ten East that he has not beaten is Ohio State. And that is a tall, tall task because of Ohio State's huge talent disparity with honestly the rest of the Big Ten when it comes to high school rankings. And the fact that you... I mean, look at Michigan's example. You have to have... You have to have blue chip talent, you have to have great trench play, great running back play, and decent play calling on the offensive side of the ball, and good play calling on the defensive side of the ball to to beat the Buckeyes. The only teams that Ryan Day has lost to are top 25 teams. And if you take Oregon in 2021 out of the equation, the only teams Ohio State has lost to, like when it comes to Ryan Day, are, oh wait, Playoff teams, teams that went to the playoff and either won it all or at least appeared in a semifinal outside of 2021 Oregon. So a coach who's rebuilding a team, of course he's going to lose to an elite brand like Ohio State. Now, should it be tolerated year after year to lose by 30 points? It's a different discussion. But this process is taking, look, it's running its course. And I think in 2023, you're going to see more of what Michigan State and Mel Tucker are. Now, I don't exactly know what that means, but I think it's better than 5-7. and seven. I don't think Mel Tucker is that bad of a head coach, given the millions of dollars that he has, given the recruits that he's getting into Michigan State. Look, Michigan State has never recruited at this level before. They've exploded onto the recruiting scene, and they have been consistently active in the transfer portal consistently active. 
they have a top 25 high school recruiting class, a top 25 transfer portal class. They're number 25 in both. They have an overall rank of 23. And their overall class is actually pretty small because their high school class of 15 is tiny. But it's quality. They have they have three top 200 players. They have one top 100 player in By Joby, who's an edge from Community Christian School in Norman, Oklahoma, and a top 10 edge player. So they have quality guys coming in, for sure. And they have some bodies coming in, especially through the portal, but they also have some underrated guys coming through the portal, like Nate, like Nathan Carter, running back from UConn. You also have, you have Jaron Mangum, running back from USF. Tun Messi Adelaide, a defensive lineman from Texas A&M, might have butchered that name, but those are just some names of guys who will be key players and guys to watch out for, for sure. Michigan State also, they have open competition at the quarterback position. That's another thing. Mel Tucker and the staff are responding to 2022 in ways that they should. Now staff changes, I've already voiced my opinion on the staff changes, that I think they should have made some changes. They should have canned one of the OCs. Harlan Barnett should be gone. But I'm not a head coach. I'm not an insider at the program. I'm just stating what I see, what I understand. But when it comes to the roster, there's open competition everywhere. And Caton Hauser, Noah Kim, Peyton Thorne are going to battle it out. And Mel Tucker himself said, quote, that job, referring to quarterback, like every other spot on the team, is fully open. Open competition. He's never said it before, and it's encouraging. I'm quoting this from yardbarker.com. Title of this article is Michigan State Football. Open QB competition is just what the team needs. This and a few other articles, including three quote-unquote off-season, should be named preseason storylines for Michigan State football, I'm going to link down below. Mel Tucker and Michigan State right now are a middle-of-the-road Power 5 program. They've had two disaster seasons, one of which you cannot really hold against Mel Tucker or Michigan State. So really, they've been, you know, pretty average, pretty 500. They went 5-7 and seven and were not even close to a good team last year, and they were a great, wildly overachieving team in 2021. The sample size in my opinion, is too small. And you're going to increase the sample size by a large, by just a large margin by adding a whole another season in 2023. You're going to go from three seasons, really two and a half seasons, because 2020 was such a short year. You're going to go from two and a half, three seasons to three and a half, four seasons under Mel Tucker where more of his guys will be in starting positions, where the overall talent level of the team is going to be elevated, and there's going to be staff continuity, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Both coordinators are going to be in their fourth year. Most guys are going to be, actually all guys, all players are going to be completely familiar with the system at Michigan State. They know what's expected of them. Mel Tucker is raiding the portal. He's recruiting quality players. And my opinion is, Michigan State, outside of maybe staff changes, is doing everything they should be doing. And staff's important, but what I'm saying is 
not saying Mel Tucker should be fired. He shouldn't. He also shouldn't be viewed as a top 10 head coach. Michigan State right now, in my opinion, is a middle-of-the-road to maybe above-average Power 5 program slash team that I still think is trending in the upward direction. But of course, the games play themselves, and we'll have to wait to see from fall camp, summer camp, from what Michigan State does in the portal when it reopens and in 2024 recruiting, and again from practices, especially open practices, and what the media tells us. All those things, and especially the games in the fall of 2023, will help determine whether that opinion is sound or not. Thank you all for watching. If you like this video, I encourage you to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you guys for watching and listening to me talk about Michigan State football. I talk about all Big Ten teams, occasionally go outside of the Big Ten to talk about college football in general. So hit the notification bell if you're interested and help me get to my goal of 10,000 subscribers by the end of February. Thank you all for watching and I'll see you guys later.